Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 385. Uh, first and foremost, if you are in the Grand Rapids area, October 19th, come down to Tip Top, where we will be hosting the Doherty Trio and special guests who we haven't picked the opening bands yet. TBD. Yes. But uh, it's only a $5 uh, cover show. There'll be plenty of artists and uh, people that you may have met at Comic-Cons in attendance because, well, that's part of why Dan wants to do this here in Michigan is to get all his Michigan Con family together. And so, coming out, maybe there might be people, uh, I don't know. Only $5. We'll be there. (laughs) I mean, she said con family. Kind of sounds negative. Nope. Well, Comic-Con. Just kidding. It's a con family. But like I said, maybe there'll be people sketching on napkins at the bar for a drink or something. No Get guarantees. Some original art. Don't, yeah. don't just ask people. I'll be to doing draw it you a with stick figures and stuff. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll dress some. I'll dress some dicks on my stick figures just for you. Yes. But on to the show. I read a couple of mini series from uh, DC as well as the Incredible Spawn number three hundred. I covered some books that were about pugs and department stores, which. We're both super cool. I, I covered some uh, Absolute Carnage. Uh, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> and then I, I did stop. what little news I could find. Yeah, it was a slow week. Which was which, not much. But. I mean, you know, there's they're, they're allowed to have off weeks. Yep, so uh, sit back, grab a drink. Uh, we have more podcast episodes than Spawn has comics, but uh, who knows if that will last a uh, into the future because I think there's a long future for Spawn fans out there. I and we can only a... take so much Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, I'll be gone in two weeks. So enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 385, Dick Tracer. websites pop up with those videos and you can't stop them. And it's just straight up porn. And then all of a sudden you're uh, watching girls uh, in sheep uniforms. Like when Sherlock gets a text from a chick. (laughs) 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 Oh. I was going to go in a different direction there, but... uh, Sheep uniforms? Yeah, but... He's talking about (laughs) pop-ups. Something's popping up. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. So, Tony, how did you end up watching that video again? You were like, mm, looks like porn, click. <laughs> These women are in sheep costumes. I'm going to watch this porn. Is that what? You're so silly. I bet the thumbnail is ridiculous. It, and and you're like, porn on YouTube? Yes. No, no. it was a random... I won't get a virus here. <laughs> it was a random Reddit thread, and someone said that it was about, like, catchy... Tunes. It was not a catchy tune. Oh yeah, it was you. probably some kind of uh, video somebody made for school or something, <sighs> like like with the music that repeats or something. That it's used as as a device. The the music is a device that tells you when he's starting to think in that way. Yeah, and I just thought it was. Animal, I thought it was fucking animals. And you I know thought what? It was funny. That mo- that song is tainted now. If I ever hear it again, I'm like, oh no, thinking about fucking animals. No. I'm gonna just send you a file of just the song. We yeah. just got programmed. Terrible. That's what that's like. 
So anyways, I found it a couple weeks ago, and I meant to share it with you guys before. And I'm glad you didn't share it with just me, because that would have been super awkward. He had to watch it enough times to not get boners <laughs> before sharing it. <laughs> it's called Thanks Smokey, I believe, by Zucosis, which I've also heard that they make a ton of different weird... Bestiality videos? Interesting videos. I don't even know, because I haven't watched any of their other stuff. Don't. Don't do it. That was don't. enough for me. Don't do it. I can only Stick get worse. To normal porn. Yes. <laughs> Those poor girls. Like they made a solid fifty bucks off that video, right? Is it worth it? <laughs> For a little dance. They weren't allowed to tell each other what they were making. <laughs> <laughs> they all shot their scenes in separate locations and they spliced it together on green screen. <laughs> That's a lot of effort. Oh. Weird. Yeah. So. Weird. Beyond that, <laughs> please let's get beyond that. Let's get into some reviews, and uh, I'm going to start off with a quick review of once again. I was had high hopes, but a certain man uh, let hopes. me down. Tom King. No. Oh. Who's the other person? I. That other guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know. That other guy. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Bendis. Yes, That's thank not his you. Name. Yeah. Fuck. Legion, <laughs> Legion of Superheroes Millennium. Uh, yeah, it was. It sounded interesting. I kind of stopped reading it halfway through, all because of, like I said, he's known for it, and he was great when he first started when he was doing Avengers. And I will not stop repeating the same thing over and over again. Just like he doesn't stop repeating the same thing over and over again. Here's some dialogue. Some person one. He tells and, me not to be negative sometimes. Here's some dialogue. Here's, we're going to start off. This shit sucks. Here's all the it. shitty things about this book that I hate. Yeah. Uh, nice to meet you. You don't remember meeting me? Was that a function? No. No, I was never. I, I used to be called Rose and Thorn. And we met? Rose and Thorn. You're Rose? I am. And Thorn is, was your partner? No. I'm like, what the fuck kind of dialogue is this? Like, I am Rose. Or, Thor. I'm like, okay, I get that they're trying to, he's trying to, like, evoke, like, Thorn is some magical, like, other half of this girl named Rose. But the way that he's writing it hurts my brain, makes me think oh, that yeah. I am. Oh, yeah, I remember. I read um, something similar uh, about the Rose and the Thorn thing, right? And it was just like this. Maybe that that's the deal with the character. Just being this way. Well, no, she. I can understand her being that way, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type sure. persona. It's just the way that she's talking, the many pauses. All right, normal dialogue you could have. You don't need to always have it to where it seems like you're stopping all the time. Are you doing that on You ever purpose? watch a soap yeah. opera, dude? Because that happens. <laughs> Melodrama. They're just like slowly move into a conversation like and yes. never and that's what I'm saying. He, it's a commercial Bendis break. used to be great with that and how it it would work out. But as Event Le Leviathan went on, like we've talked about, it's hard to understand a fucking story when you're not getting to the point quick enough. I'm losing interest here. Yeah, uh, we can't, then get to can't keep giving us nothing. Yeah, we. Th I mean, I then there's some beautiful splash pages in here. The art was amazing, and yet we're still paying attention. <laughs> and I then got to finally Madame President uh, Super or was it Power Girl? It was Power Girl. Um, 
And Did they put her in at least a respectable outfit for a president? <laughs> no, she's just in her... Uh, she, oh, it was... Yeah, it's it's, it's a presidential girl. bikini. Oh. Uh, but she, Powers Girl's got giant tits, mm-hmm. and she rocks a cutout right in the middle of The size of, them. of the breast is the, <laughs> reflects how powerful she is, obviously. Clearly, that's where her power yeah, is stored. Okay. Nipples? Oh my god, she's unstoppable. <laughs> She'll poke you. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was yeah, I was not very impressed with it. But like I said, it could be a great story, but it's one of those again where I think I almost rather have someone else tell me how it's going mm. in in a more direct fashion than So someone else should read it and be like, Tony, here's what's happening. Yeah. Don't read the dialogue or look at the pretty pictures. Or like I need an audio book but a condensed version mm. of it. But uh, I'm sure people will like it, so I'm not knocking on it totally. I'm just, I didn't like some of how it was going. Now, on to probably the, no, I'll save that one for last. Uh, I'm going to quick uh, go on to one other one, let you guys go. Uh, Harley Quinn in Poison Ivy number one. I sometimes hate Harley. I sometimes like Harley. Mm-hmm. I think the best Harley is when she's with Poison Ivy. Uh, those are some great stories. It's when she's being less of the Deadpool character and more of kind of just a like, it's not fourth wall breaking, but still, you know, fun shenanigans and everything. Mm-hmm. So within the um, Heroes in Crisis, uh, Ivy had pretty much been dead from it. But she became reborn out of a flower. And with that, brought a different look to her. Oh, she looks like a plant. Yeah, she's green, but Mm -hmm. like muscular. And I don't know what book that that's been going on to explain um, uh, what she is now. But what you eventually find out is that she can't hold herself together as a human. So she kind of... Uh, when they went shopping, turned into just a bunch of flowers when they were in the changing room. Mm. So um, Har- Harley needed to like put her in a bag and take her home and get arrested. Well, mm. one of the best parts in this book is when... You know how when I showed you guys with the black, black mask, uh, the little weird um, thing that saved the guy, the robot, robotic with three arms... That uh, Lex Luthor yeah. sent. Mm-hmm. So another one of those came and uh, brought a box for Poison Ivy. And while she's kind of recovering, she <laughs> smells, she licks it. Ooh, good. Because it's fertilizer. Mm. But obviously, to most of us, that's just shit. Poop. And Harley makes m- multiple jokes of like Lex Luthor just shitting in a box oh. and sending it. Icky. And also, I like that her jealousy of Lex for having fixed her, like, pretty much kind of upped um, Poison Ivy's powers. It the had fertilizer fixed her? Well, it had something extra in it that they didn't explain, but I'm assuming that's not going to be good in the long run. Mm. But she was able to... Uh, Sponsored by Monsanto. After kind of going into a cocoon, came out and she can now, like, grow clothes over her body, and she looks less... Um, muscular and more like has skin right human skin or still green but uh i like that harley's just kind of jealous of lex because he fixed her and yeah and everything so 
the dialogue in this was strong. It was great. It was to the point. Um, there's some things that happen, and in the end, I don't. I was gonna try to research before a little bit because I don't know this person. I do understand the green, and I like that part of DC mythos where you know you have the lanterns and the spectrum, but you have the green, which is pretty Plants. much any plant-based, and. Poison Ivy, uh, as explained in this, has now become more part with the green. Mm -hmm. And there's a person who's trying to take over the, the council there. The Floronic Man. So instead of the Bionic Man, the it is the Floronic Man. And I just thought, that is just an... Yeah. Hmm. So I don't really know him all that well um, as a bad guy. Uh, is he new? That's a, I don't know if he's new or not, uh, but like I said, the Parliament of Flowers, uh, you know, he wants to take over that. And this, and also because of how happenstance and things come up, Harley was just kind of telling Poison Ivy, maybe we stop being bad guys, maybe we actually be good guys, and not just the good guys that are sometimes good guys but become bad guys again. Mm. Let's be real good guys. And then shit starts happening, and he comes in, so she starts thinking, wait. How do you already know we're good guys? We just said that 30 seconds ago. But then, obviously, he's coming for Poison Ivy now that she's got more powers. Uh, this is one of a six-issue uh, miniseries, so anyone can pick it up. And I thought it was just great. All right, I did some very little research right now on the Floronic Man. So, uh, Jason Woodrue had his first appearance of course, in, Wood. in The Atom in 1962. And his first appearance as the Floronic Man in The Flash in 1976. He's also known as the Cedar, which is gross. And <laughs> um, Plant Master, I think, was his other name. Uh, here's this original. No one on the on yeah, is listening that, can see it. I mean, he, he looks... his Like, the way they drew him in this comic book, he looks way more badass than what his original yeah. persona looked like. Because this, he just looks like a creepy tree man. Or... <laughs> Like, I don't know. He's got weird fin ears. Like, he's an aquatic creature. Weird. Fucking comic book writers are weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. All the time. All right, Lynn. So, what do you have? Okay. So, I read Battle Pug, number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell how excited you are. <laughs> it was... Like, so, yes. Apparently, this is written by... Um, God, fuck, I lost his name. Terrible. Mike Norton, I believe is his name. Uh, he also draws it. My friend's commentary. <clears throat> he um he had done this this series as like a webcomic previously, and that's all been collected in a book called Battle Pug the Compugdium. Okay, that's why I've heard yeah. of it before. Yep. So um this book is takes place after whatever events happened in that series. So starting here, you are a little thrown off because they start with, like, you should know who these characters are sort of story. But I think he does a really good job as you go through this first book of kind of touching back on important things that had happened in the previous series enough so that you don't feel completely lost. So... I don't know that you have to... I didn't read the original series before reading this one, and I don't 
feel necessarily compelled to go back and read it just to understand this, although this was such a fun little cute book that I would to sorry to say it's cute. I'm sure that's not what the writer was going for, but I thought it was, I mean, there's pugs in it, come on, <laughs> um, to go back and read it because it is so good. Uh, so basically, this is like a Conan the Barbarian sort of that sort of tale, except there's also pugs. <laughs> there's a giant pug that he rides. I, mean, I, I wouldn't really <laughs> think ever saying Conan is cute. <laughs> well, you have like this burly, like Conan type character that rides this giant pug. So like there's tons of violence in this book, but also the, like, this giant cute pug. And so it's like a weird, like... Does he like lockjaw? I mean, kind of, right? It's giant, cute dog. that, <laughs> And there's also little dogs in this, and it's just full of dogs. Um, you mean normal-sized dogs? Normal-sized dogs, yes. <laughs> I mean, look at... He even does... It. Pugs have such stupid faces. <clears throat> yes, that's... Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's... And he does such a good job of drawing their stupid, weird faces. <laughs> that, that is probably the best depiction of any dog I've ever seen, because that looks just like how they look. Their eyes are always, like, going off in different directions. And, and their tongue just sticking out. And... <laughs> it's so good. Um, so this starts with them coming back to this... Or coming to this town, him and his, his group of people... Um, coming to this town to save it from this person that has come and taken over the town, killed the governor and took over for it. It's kind of a political statement that I thought was super hilarious. Uh, I'm not going to get into that part too much, but you know, take it for what it is. Um, but as, so as you go through this, you get to see the violence, you get to see the cuteness of the dogs and feel weird about the whole thing. But then you get to the end of it. And if you haven't read this book, you previously, you wouldn't know that, uh, this character, God, I can't remember his name now. It's very like medieval sounding. Um, he was raised basically by Santa Claus <laughs> and his evil forces, elf forces in the North. And you get to the end of this book, and that's kind of what this is going to be, is like a battle with Santa Claus. He's not called Santa Claus. Is it for the Krampus? No, or, no, he's just got... Like, he, he looks like Santa Claus, oh, if yeah. you're calling him something else? Yeah. Yeah, and he was he was raised and tortured by this man, and broke free, and thought he had killed him, but it turns out he's still alive, sort of situation, like a revenge tale. So, I'm... Like, super excited to see this tough, burly man and this giant, cute pug dog fight an army of evil elves and a Santa Claus sort of figure. Like, all of that together just is a package that makes me happy. So, check it out. I mean, battle pug, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the other book I read was called Everything, number one. And Did it really have everything? Well, it's about a store, like a department store that opens up. And the department store is called Everything. Bed, Bath, and Beyond Beyond? I mean, even more so than that. Think of, think of a department store, like, in its heyday, where it was almost like a mall, where you had little sections that were kind of what became a mall sort of thing. Um, so this takes place in Holland, Michigan even though the writer is not from Holland, Michigan. I don't know how they came to the... Using... Throwing a dart on a map. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Like, I read the end of the, the writer's description of why he wrote this book, 
and he wanted it to take place in a small town and see what happens when you, a giant department store opens up in a small town. You like Google small town. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes Wait, place... Wait, no, he didn't. <laughs> the Dutch love spending money at a mall. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he clearly didn't do any research on that. <laughs> um, but it, so it takes place in the eighties, and it's a it, it's about this department store opening up in in a town, and but it's it's not right. So there's they haven't really gotten into how this store is going to affect the town yet because this is the first book. So it just kind of shows the opening. But you get to meet these different characters. They all have something fucking wrong with them. I mean, there's there's this woman who works for a mortgage company. And this uh, couple comes into my house. And she's just very like, yeah, you're going to pay me paying on this house until you're 60. But I'm really fucking happy for you. Sort of employee. And then you have the woman who's running the department store who just seems like she's probably, I don't know devil from hell sort of person like an actual devil from hell said like demon sort of thing which is i think what this department store is going to end up being like a weird limbo hell state sort of thing which if you've ever worked in retail everyone knows is true yeah that is true so um and then you have the man like the city manager of holland uh who's there's this wonderful scene with him and some ants in his house uh, that I loved a lot. So there's a lot of things going for this. The fact that I can connect to this on a geographical level I thought was nice. Um, <laughs> the fact that I worked in fucking retail for so long and oftentimes felt like I was in hell made me connect to this on a couple different levels. And uh, the way the writer described it, um, who is Christopher Cantwell... Uh, you get to the end and he talks about how he kind of wanted to make this a mashup of like what if the department store was like the Overlook Hotel from The Shining and the main character is the person who has The Shining which to me sounds like a giant mashup between The Shining and Clerks which I can 100% get behind (laughs) so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. There was a lot of weird things that happened in this book. There was a man who was on fire for no reason. Fucking weird music that's going on throughout the book. And it's just weird and interesting enough that I kind of definitely want to see what's going to happen next. So everyone should read it. Um, And uh, yeah, that's all I got for that one. Charles, give us some... Updates on Absolute Carnage. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I started reading the um uh oh, shoot, what is it called um Scream. No, the Venomverse. Uh, but I, I thought it was gonna be like a just another. Uh, comic and it's actually I think it's a collection of all these different ones where they collect up all these people from different um, universes where somebody has somebody different has a um, uh, symbiote like Deadpool had a symbiote Gwenpool is it is that right Gwenpool yeah um, it starts off with uh, X twenty three like the daughter of uh, Wolverine whatever uh, no clone <laughs> clone excuse me come on you've been doing this long enough you should 
know that. She, she considers herself his daughter. Yeah. So that's fair. Uh, yeah, just like how <laughs> Carnage is the son of Venom, but not really. Yeah, it's just a piece of him that yeah. broke off. Okay. Yeah, you silly. Which one can <laughs> The spawn. <laughs> Anyways, I so I started reading it, and I thought it was just going to be like one comic, and then it ended up being like all these comics put together, because I'm reading it digitally, you know. Right. I didn't know how many pages were going to be. And so I, I kind of gave up. I was like, there's too much for me right now. And I, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to report on all these different stories. And what is interesting about, though, is that all the different stories have all different artists do it. Mm. So everything looks different on each one. And I was kind of confused at first for a minute because I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> but anyways, basically at the end of each one, they get snagged up and pulled into another uh, place where they have to fight a war or something like that. Hmm. That's where I gave up. I was like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> But then I read two other comics. I read the um, uh, Symbiote Spider-Man, Absolute Carnage, which was kind of interesting, but it was actually just more like a throwback to the past of this reporter that was living in the time when um, Spider-Man first had the symbiote suit and his reporting and stuff like that. And It comes from, um, it starts off, he's in jail at one of those parole hearings or whatever, and he has like a terminal illness. And they're like, well, you know, sorry to hear about your illness, but uh, maybe if you do good during this little whatever... You can have some fresh air before you die. This is really kind of sad. Wow. <laughs> and at the end of it, um, at the end of the whole story of uh, him, him just talking about the stuff he did in the past and then, um, how he ended up uh, in a cell next to a white rabbit. You know who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know, but <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Carnage shows up just to take some of the symbiote that got on him at some point and just steals it away. Because that's what Carnage is doing, running around grabbing all traces of he calls it the tithe or something like that mm. like the offering mm-hmm. uh, so this one he just kills this dude and White Rabbit sees it gets like stuff on her face and she's like oh I'm gonna throw up now that's pretty much the end of it but uh, Absolute Carnage Scream uh, is the the Scream uh, symbiote uh, character chasing after uh, Patricia Robertson the former host of the Mania symbiote you know this one? Was Mm-mm. this on the other thing? Mm-mm. We don't know this one. So it starts off like this big fight, right? Um, there's Scream, and then there's all these other, like, symbiote uh, Carnage drones, right? With all those little, the swirl uh, symbol. Right. Null's swirl symbol on their forehead. They're like the mindless. And basically Scream's under the control of Carnage, and she can hear him talk, talk to her. She's got the little symbol on her forehead, too. And she's, like, fighting with this girl, and she has, like, an inner struggle. She ends up taking the uh, the symbol off and ripping it off of her forehead and throwing it against the wall. And basically, she's free again to protect this... She starts protecting this girl instead. And sort of sort of tells a story about how she's running around uh, doing Carnage's bidding, grabbing offerings and tithes from all the different people who have ever had symbiotes. And at the end of it, basically... Carnage just shows up. And that's basically the end of it. <laughs> He's like, the, hey. The end of the review. <laughs> you, la- you ladies gossiping? Here. Uh, I'm here for my um, up and comings. You guys got a dollar? <laughs> just shows up. But it also explains sort of he's like, he's doing, he's not in charge, basically. He's like doing the bidding of Null. He's like a holy man. You know? Carnage. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks he's like the prophet. Yeah, the prophet. He yeah. doesn't think he's number one. He thinks he's doing the bidding of right. someone else. Yeah. Doing the right thing. 
So that kind of explains a little bit, but it doesn't like spreading this toxic religion. Yeah. Like literally, literally <laughs> like, yeah, he's got all these, um, drones or whatever you want to call them. Henchmen with, yeah. with, uh, with the symbol on their foreheads. Um, I really, the thing I liked about this hasn't been my favorite absolute carnage book out of all of them. Um, scream is an interesting character. I like the struggle that she's having in fighting against it. The struggle is kind of interesting, um, but it's also like she's being mind controlled. Yeah, like so, it's part of her, and she can't get rid of it because it shows back up. Yeah, it just it yeah. shows back up, and then it she goes back to like she's <laughs> this is like a joke every time I like um, I'm like work or something like that, and I start coughing or something, and then I just like start to play into it. I'm like, is it a full moon? <laughs> and I'm like, run! <laughs> this is what happened to her. She started to like change back to being controlled. She just tells the girl to run. And that's when Curtin shows up. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I, I didn't miss that. But I mean, the, I um, the, the thing I thought was interesting was she talks about, because she starts attacking the, the little mindless the carnage drones. drones yeah. And she says, um, she does, she's not worried about killing them, even though it is the symbiote over people, because they've let it take them over. Mm-hmm. So in their hearts, they're evil because they let this symbiote just take them over. Whereas, obviously, if they didn't want it to take them over, they would struggle with it like she is. Mm-hmm. So she's justifying just murdering these all these people who have been taken over because, you know, they let it happen to themselves, which I thought was an interesting. I disagree with that though. These people, she probably haven't gone through like such struggles as, as she has gone through. Right. Like, didn't she basically die? Yeah. Yeah. Just, she's a much stronger character. She's the, able to fight yeah. it. But these other people, they probably... Well, they didn't even have it's a choice. It's a little victim blaming. They really don't... Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a choice. It's not like... They're probably just... I mean, you call people woke, right? Right. These people are just not woke. Those are the kind of people... <laughs> not self-aware. Yeah. And they're just basically, you know, easily taken over. Right. They're basically asleep. So. Like... <laughs> literally inside of a costume asleep right. while the costume runs around doing things. Pretty much. Why does the, why does the costume need a, a host at all? Why doesn't he just like form uh, like like a big symbiote person? Does it need a person inside of it to feed? Is that what it is? Well, I mean... You can keep on so, feeding. Yeah, but... You could have eaten these people and keep on going. I, there hasn't been explained to why, but like normally in a symbiotic relationship you need two things to yeah. live. So I don't know if it needs it to... To breathe or to eat, as you'd say, but we've seen time and time again where it's been on its own. Yeah, yeah, for like long, when, long time. When it time. finally left Venom, yeah, it and was that just they're walking around its own, yeah. on its own, mm-hmm. and they have their own intelligence and their own minds, right? So yeah, they've kind of Marvel's now to the point made it not needed. Yeah, I wonder if it just makes it more powerful if it has that connection. Maybe there's just like a rule about having henchmen. Like, you need, <laughs> you need henchmen Well, yes, of course, of course. You can't do this. No one can do this alone. This is yeah. the story. This is the lesson here. You need, you you need can't to do have things red alone, shirts. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a team to get things done. Good good talk. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. talk. It's, an, it's been an interesting uh, event so far, I think. The absolute carnage. All right. So, a milestone in comic book history just came out this past week spawn number 300 which this ties with one of the longest running 
full creator-owned uh, comics, and next month with issue 301, we'll put Spawn at the highest uh, ranking there. This book had, it was like 68 pages where the story was, it, it pulled me in the entire time. Uh, there was a lot of different artists uh, that worked on this because uh, it was kind of broken up into some chapters, which partly makes I liked it and also didn't like it. And it's something I've explained before with nonlinear stories sometimes. I love them because it then fills in some gaps that I just had before. But other times I look at it, you could have set it up this way and it would have been cohesive in how it was going. But because there was so much actually going on, it kind of needed to be broken up on these different chapters because Spawn was doing this, this, and this, and to set up this and this, you couldn't just have him teleporting everywhere. You kind of had to break it up at moments to say earlier he did this. And, See, and then, then he other... had to travel, and we're going to skip that part. <laughs> yes. We're going to skip. We're not going to do the Indiana Jones thing where we show a map and show them hopping from one place to the other. <laughs> the faded video of the paint playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so what I really liked, and, and I was a little confused on who these characters were, but I found out within this first little story was there were no no one characters. Mm. They were just kind of made up. Um, some country people. They and were the, made up characters? Yes. yes. <laughs> and the misfits that, you know, were... You know, the uncle is giving this guy crap, and so they go off, and they quick get married to come back to really show this family oh, what's marriage, going on. the best revenge. <laughs> and what they come back to <laughs> is a lot of death. And that's, I'm like, I know that Spawn can be dark, but this was getting into, like, some horror-type mm. uh, realms with some shit going on that, yeah. And it's kind of more or less going into what this universe has become, where when Spawn originally came out, he's working for the bad guys, and Heaven is the good guys, and so there's people from Heaven sent to... Just to be clear, Heaven is the good guys. <laughs> were. Heaven was the good guys. Yeah. Heaven is not good at all anymore. Uh, within this universe, uh, don't... Christians, don't get all your paintings in a bunch if you're listening to this Their podcast. Their are always in a bunch. Don't that's true. Try to fix that. <laughs> the God in this universe lies and has his own uh, kind of agenda for humanity and everything. And so what has recently happened within the Spawn mythos is heaven and hell have combined forces because what Spawn has been doing is kind of making unrest and, and getting people to come on his side in humanity because he's trying to get humans to not have to choose heaven or hell their souls are theirs and each side shouldn't have a part to play so pretty much heaven and hell goes hey let's stop our giant war and let's take care of spawn for right now that's interesting and this is all stuff that i kind of knew going into but there's been times when i've read spawn and times that i've been all right i keep forgetting about it i'm definitely hooked back into wanting to go forward, especially since this felt like you could pick it up if you've never read a Spawn book. You at least have to have at least heard who he is. Because there's some people that show up in here, such as Clown, who instead of giant flat, not flat, fat, uh, you know, slobbering Clown, looks more kind of like a kingpin kind of big 
a uh, little more muscular mm. uh, clown form, which, of course, we know clown is the violator underneath that, which uh, shows his face within here amazingly. But going back to how this story uh, sets it up in different chapters, we have then Spawn is, is captured uh, by clown slash violator, and uh, an angel uh, type being two are ripping off his suit. They're, uh, you know, taking away the one thing that's making him pretty much be powerful. And throughout this, I've been, I've heard that they got rid of the counter. Actually, okay, you have to really have read at least some spawn in order to really read this because to understand what they're trying to pull back with the necroplasm counter and everything like that. There's just things in here that I love personally as a fan that I think every single person that's ever read Spawn at one point in life should pick this up. This may not be for the Nubian who has not, but... The Nubian, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's a Nubian. Mm. <laughs> and like that's I said... around the Christians, but just like, Nubian. <laughs> to sum it up, this whole book is about change and transformation... I have no clue where this is going, but as they've stated a lot, 300 and 301 are very closely connected that I think we'll finally get some answers and payoffs next month within that one. But I think one of the best things that I saw was after, well, two. One was Redeemer becoming the Reaper, and that just looked kind of badass. I don't know how and what that's going to entail, but he at least gave up the side of being for heaven and is going to be his own uh being but it was when Al Simmons ha had his suit torn from him and he was creating his own suit from the ashes and the uh barbed wire and saying he needed to make his chains and his own belt which he found a skull that he put there cuz that's how he's always had and and then like last uh, he found a cape from this flag that was flying in the wind and then he picks up these giant railroad spikes and shoving them into his forearms to give him his iconic spikes. And he looks, as you were saying, a little more scary. Yeah. Also, he's dickless. Which is it's scary. hidden in the shadows. No, it's, there's no it's kind of like there. Bruce Wayne, but... <laughs> That's the second the time. <laughs> she went straight for the dick. <laughs> So, yeah, this is... The best part about... So I'm glancing over these pages. Are you lot. glancing over the pages? Or are you looking for... Well, I am, <laughs> it's, it's totally like... Oh. I'm, I'm positioned right there looking Oh my for gosh, it. she's zooming in. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's like a skull on the way, so I don't understand. The So they rip his costume and his cape off and basically say, now I have your power. And Spawn's pretty much... He's like, you don't, though. That's not... Y'all yeah. thought that's where my power was, but guess what? It's not there. It's not there because I still got it. And it's I'm in my heart. <laughs> Give me yeah. my heart. <laughs> it's in the spot where my dick would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, angels... I know, angels don't have dick. Don't have dick. Told I know. Cape and went straight for the dick. Everyone saw Dogma. Everyone yeah. knows angels don't have dicks. Oh, so, uh, with with many new allies coming about and transforming into other things, uh, one of the big things that we uh, get from this is uh, Jessica Priest, um, a well-known character within the Spawn universe, uh, 
has now been transformed and I I like what they're going for I kind of like the design mostly I don't like like I like the hair flowing out from the top of the mask very, I don't like the human it's a very mouth McFarlane thing because if you go back and look at the like the characters from the carnage absolute carnage the female characters the symbiotes all have that same yeah the just hair, hair flowing out from the top. giant it's, heavy it's useless get in the way hair yep. <laughs> and then Captain her marvel hair that just goes in the right direction all yes. the time her johnny blaze type motorcycle that she has going on too uh i'm liking that there is a female spawn what i think is so dumb is naming her she spawn now I hope that that's just the you know temporary placeholder because if they start calling her in universe she spawn, I'm gonna be like you guys couldn't come up with something else. Oh, so it's done. Better. It's over with. It's I right hope there. that people like it's in the book spawn. people call her that, and she's like, "Stop! That's not my name." <laughs> and then they give her a new name hmm. that she calls herself, and then she's just constantly fighting with people who call her she spawn. Spawn too. <laughs> Lady Spawn would yeah. have been better. Yeah, that very much would have. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Uh, a little better. I was really confused on the epilogue of this. I had no clue what was uh, going on with this person climbing this mountain, nor who it really was, but... Eh, I, it kind of felt foreboding. It'll probably play into the next issue. Yeah. Uh, I also will say I loved uh, the co- one of the covers for this, the one that looks just like uh, Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that Amazing. one was great. There's, I mean, there was a bajillion covers to this comic. Oh, yeah, because you have to have all the variants and mm-hmm. pick the best one. Yeah. I wonder if they had three hundred. That would be terrible. No, but there was the thing in the back of the book that gave you all the covers from the, the spawns in the past. Like, it ran down all of them on a couple of pages, which I thought was a fun little Are they uh, walk through history. Are they homages? Well, you know? no, all these are just some of the main covers for the books. I mean, like, the ones that are like Spider-Man. I went and I found a bunch of them. Um, oh, probably. I mean... Well, there's been, you know, the iconic uh, action comics with Superman holding the car over the... They've done that in every single different medium at one point or another. So it's not, um, like I said, unheard of. And you think of some of those... And isn't he the one that did those originals? The, not, not the, not the, the Superman Spider-Man one. The Spider-Man one, ones, yes. yes. He had a run with Spider-Man, the Amazing he, Spider-Man. He introduced and, Black Suit Spider-Man. Ah, yeah, yes. so like... His that cover with him, yeah, 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 which I thought was funny because I saw a couple clearly ignorant fanboys talking about how the cover was just a trace of a iconic <laughs> work, and I'm like, did you can jump you in tr- there? Can you did trace you your jump in there and say I something? I didn't. I didn't. I mean, really, I don't get involved. You should with be those obligated people. though. <laughs> I mean, this this kid's just making a fool of himself. You should be like, hey, dude, 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 hey, hey, calm down. Um, did you know that? And uh, I'm going to hit you with some knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, McFarlane did do a lot of inking on this issue, which pretty much all inkers are just tracers. Oh. As, uh, here we go. Yeah, we're going to start that contra- controversy again. <laughs> I'm kidding. Definitely not. Making a movie joke. Yeah. 
Just so we're clear, that was a joke. Yes. <laughs> Do not go watch that. Chasing Amy. Don't be a silly fanboy. Make yourself a better person. You'll <laughs> understand the Nubian joke from earlier and his Tracer <laughs> joke from just now. <laughs> and we'll be more well informed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do your research before you start talking. <laughs> I remember, uh, I'm trying to think of which issue it is because I can't off the top of my head looking at some of these covers. It was the one where Spawn had angel wings. Instead of his cape flowing cape, mm. and that was uh, one of them that I bought just for the cover. Yeah, really, it was within the middle of the, um, you know, between zero and three hundred, somewhere within there. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, that, like I said, I wasn't really reading Spawn at that point, but I'm like, damn, that looks cool. Yeah. I read the issue, and it didn't have anything to do with him getting those wings. Uh, he did later on in the series, but as we know, sometimes covers are lies. made before giant and other lies. lies. Yeah. Giant, giant lies to us all the time. But they're pretty. Yeah. I liked in the back of this, too, where you kind of saw some of the pencils and then the inks and then the colors and stuff. And like I said, Violator just looked also amazing again. Oh, yeah. Like... I'm back into Spawn. Last issue, you didn't really need to read 299, but I'm glad I did. Uh, to kind of, but I, I was more confused then. But this answered some of those questions. Well, that's good. So yeah. So uh, if you guys don't have any other books, do I some do quick news. Quick nose. <laughs> news. <laughs> Go for it. I think you have. No, I don't really have much. Yeah, you, you have nothing? I got nothing. I, I really, like, I looked, too. I looked. And I read a bunch of stuff that wasn't news. I just got sucked into a bunch of different holes. I had little time they to do They didn't lead to sheep, though. Sheep fucking. All I did was <laughs> sit around and watch the Dark Crystal. And you liked it? Oh, I fucking loved it. Yeah. I think... It's just amazing. It's so amazing. And if you watch Dark Crystal... Afterwards, there's a you know the making of. Oh my gosh, watch that! You'll just love it. I even have more. not watched that yet. You'll love the process of what they're thinking and stuff. And I mean, did you know that Simon Pegg was a was the um, Chamberlain's voice? Did you know that Eddie Izzard was the that, guy that lost his yeah. memory? Did yeah. you know that the voice of Elmo is the same voice as the dog in in um, in Labyrinth? And he's one of the um, the uh, the uh, book recorder uh, Skeksy. Mm. Didn't know that. I mean, like, immediately I recognized it. Did you know the key from, like, Key and Peel? He's one of those Kegsies, too? I did read that at some point, but yeah. So many voices. And I just love so the... So many voices. So many voices. Don't let your kids watch it. Uh, Are you kidding? You watch it as a kid. You should be encouraging it. Look how you turned out. Wait. Kids, yeah, actually, kids. Yeah. wait, kids. This is so. There's a place for horror for children, right? I yeah. mean, this is not horror, but this is scary and and <laughs> magical and like ex mind expanding. It makes you think. Crazy. I mean, honestly, the the carefree. I don't give a shit. All kids should watch this. As although there of, is a scene where this guy's trying to light a fucking joint he made, <laughs> and then Agra like like startles him and he just knocks it on the floor. He's like, oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they won't get that reference. Uh, one of the things that I think, though, is my nephew who gets scared easily of things and the repercussions I would have if I let him watch this. So 
No, I mean, it's I something for no, parents no to watch of, with their the children. The movie, the Skeksis were immediately scary. Yeah. In this one, they're calm and they're well, not... because they haven't gotten to that yet. Right. So it eases into the scary. But, like, in the movie... Like, so if, Also, I was saying, like, if you're going to watch the movie and the show and you haven't seen either one, watch the movie first and then watch the show. But don't watch the show, then watch the movie because you will just... You'll be disappointed by the movie. You'll... I mean... You'll just you'll just be disappointed. It's a fact. And even by itself, without the show, it's amazing still. Yeah. The movie is still amazing. Yes. All right. Uh, some quick nuggets from the net. Uh, there is an Italian town uh, where they've erected a pretty badass-looking Iron Man monument. Uh, Why? Why? Because he's. Gone. Did you guys not watch Endgame? It's such a weird thing for towns to start doing. I mean, do I can totally get behind the RoboCop statue in Detroit because that's where that movie takes place. But like, why I can't is some that random town in Italy doing a Robo or a RoboCop? I mean, I do Iron, Iron Man. Man. <laughs> I do find it just. Did you get lost there? I did. <laughs> it's it's a weird. I mean, it was a fan who made it, yeah. and then. Put it out, and now it's out yeah. on display. But there's a giant. Gov- giant I do think that it'd be statue, there'd be so. better places to <laughs> place it where it would be a bigger deal. Than... And a hundred years later, we're gonna <laughs> humankind's gonna disagree with the whole Superman superhero thing, mm-hmm. right? And they're gonna be like, tear that statue down. <laughs> 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 we don't have the same ideals anymore. <laughs> tear that down. Well, he was, he was a thousand part... years from now. So no one's going to remember that these were movies, and it's They're just going to think gonna... it was actual religion and stuff. These people yep. actually, yeah. Well, yeah, because we on... have people on the internet right now <laughs> thinking, nah, it's, it's Tom McFarland. <laughs> He's just a tracing. <laughs> He's just tracing that thing. He was on the pro uh, uh, registration side, which I mean, do you feel that we're going to be against him then? <laughs> like we're going to be like ah, more yeah. mutants. Yeah. Give us more g- serum <laughs> to make us better. Skeksis. More essence. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny uh, if you think about it too. The uh, when you look back at the movies, uh, Captain versus uh, Iron Man in Civil War, mm-hmm. there's really only two people left that supported Iron Man. We have uh, Black Panther and we have War Machine. Mm. Everyone else has either been killed or let go. Yeah. Supported or, Iron Man at the yeah, end of the Civil were, War. Like, yeah, Black Panther took uh, Bucky. He didn't support Iron. Man. He took Bucky for uh, Sanctuary. Hid him, hit him away. At the end, but during yeah. the movie, Black Panther. Like, oh, because when working. they're fighting at the airport, who was on which side fighting each other? Black Panther well, was that, on Iron Man's side. Yep. Then after I kind of thought he was doing his own thing, but yeah, you know, I'm with you on that one. I mean, yeah. he was teamed up with one side. There was two sides, yeah. Yeah. and he was with one side. Yeah. Who else was on that? When he was running Vision. between <laughs> that, like Vision, uh, oh. and uh, so clearly this was before Vision Black, and Wanda Black, hooked up because they Black were Widow. against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, couples fighting. Yeah. Make oh, sex. Black Widow. Yep. Huh. Huh. Like I said, huh. Spider-Man. The well, he was really on the wrong side of history on that one, wasn't he? <laughs> His team is dead. Yeah. Or gone. Is that bad omens for <laughs> the rest of them? Mm. Yeah. 
What else you got? Um, Show me what you got. So the Joker won the highest uh, award at the Venice Film Festival. And 100%, up until a couple days ago, I was I was not on the fence of seeing this. I was going to see it, but I didn't know if I was going to wait for a while. Because mm-hmm. um, I still was just, there's something about it that I was just like, I don't, a uh, little, I'm interested in it. Everyone say it's amazing, but as a canon type person, oh. like this can't be anything. But then I have to keep telling myself it's an else world. Yeah. But I keep forgetting about that. Well, one of my buddies was asking me, hey, did you see the trailer? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of interested. He goes, well, what do you, why? And I told him, he goes, wait, so this isn't his real origin? I go, I don't think it is. It isn't. And also, I'm thinking it's going to be one of those big red herrings that this isn't going to be the actual Joker that Joaquin Phoenix is playing. Mm. What you'll finally see at the end is Joker's inspired by this guy or opens a newspaper and sees Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know how it's going to go. That it's would not be one in the of the same. It's not in the same. Um, it's not in the same timeline or whatever, right? No, it's yeah, because, yeah. Because the guy who played, the guy who's playing um, Bruce Wayne's dad, what's his name? Tom. Thomas Wayne, Thomas Wayne yeah. is in the Dark Knight as somebody else. Oh, and and uh, what's the the Dark Knight Rises? Well, yeah, the Dark Knight movies are its own separate universe too, and I'm liking that DC is finally doing this, but I wish they would kind of let the reader or not readers the moviegoers kind of know this is its own universe. But I thought they did. Well... I don't know. Cause I now mean, I've been I, hearing I that this is going to be tied into know. the Batman. Oh, uh, or there's been reports oh. of that. So, like I said, I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of those situations where we just have to chill out and watch the movie. Yes, but anyways, all this is my thoughts until explaining to my buddy about some of the origins... In this uh, instance, he was this. He's you realize that nobody actually knows and the then, origin of the Joker? Well, that's, the, that's why I don't want a definitive answer. That's right. why I was against this movie, is I don't want them to start saying this is who the Joker is. Um, even in The Dark Knight, he said like three or four different <laughs> he did. Uh, origins. They were all ridiculous. Yeah, but <laughs> that keeps that mystery about him alive. So while explaining all that, I got then more excited to actually see what this origin mm-hmm. is and just knowing it is something else. It will yeah. be... Because then he was like, well, what do you mean Elseworlds and what ifs? What are those? So I'm explaining to those. He goes, so you mean anything can happen? I go, kind of any decision. Like, the major events, they kind of go back in and... Yeah. I'm under the impression that at some point, Batman ends up killing the Joker and finding out that he is the Joker in a, in a, a uh, you know, <laughs> time-traveling situation. So he has to go back and kill his parents. And then be the Joker. Because, I mean, it's needed. Huh. Because everything works out. So yeah. he has to do it over again. Okay, come like on, parents. Like a whole cyclical thing. It's never ending. Interesting. There's already controversy about this movie. People are all already talking about how terrible it is because it's gonna. it's just another sad, broken white man who ends up justifying his terrible behavior because society shunned him and that's going to cause other people in society to follow his example and I'm like yeah mm, I can see that happening I mean people are stupid and they just need direction and they look at this and go oh my gosh I love that and I want to be that there's a million and a half different things you could 
tie to that too, though. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, there are idiots out there. They're gonna find a reason. They're, yeah, exactly. They're looking for a reason right. to do bad things, and they're gonna blame it on this. Right. They would have done those bad things in a different way, in yeah. a different light, if something else showed up. Yep. But they're looking to do those bad things. So I mean, I think everyone should just again chill out. Chill the fuck out. Enjoy a movie. Watch the movie. It's it's hey, like pretend. <laughs> it's it's pretend. It's a pretend thing. It's you know not just, real. You know that's an actor, right? <laughs> I mean, Joaquin you know that's Phoenix, not his face. <laughs> I think Joaquin Phoenix maybe forgets that he's an actor sometimes, but and not the actual thing that he's. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Uh, last thing to quick chat about uh, book banning. Ah. So down in uh, Rio de Janeiro, the mayor there, who was a bishop turned politician, so if you can see where his uh, mindset is coming from, has banned uh, Marvel's Avengers uh, Children's Crusade, which that came out like 10, 12 years ago, uh, from this book fair that they have going on in the city. Because there is depiction mm-hmm. of two men kissing, and that is a big no-no in his eyes, and a Brazilian judge uh, has allowed that ban to go through, so police have recently gone and taken any book that they've seen uh, with that story in it, any of the collections, as well as any other books that they have depicting. Um, I mean, this is the city that hosts Carnival every year, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's just such a weird dichotomy of that. opinions going on here. Yeah, I thought that way. I also saw that it caused that the ban caused the book to like sell out everywhere almost immediately. So you're kind of doing the opposite of what you think you're doing by banning it. And you're it, just literally making it more popular. You're giving it attention. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. And this, I mean, not that, not that, it's not the right thing to do to like give it attention and stuff like that. Right, right. right. That's not their you're, intention. Yeah, right. It, the book is benefiting from it. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, this book fair goes on for 10 days. Wow, that sounds amazing. And pretty much have over 5.5 5 million books on Whoa. sale during the event. That is a huge That sounds pretty sale. cool, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, the um, artist has come out and just, you know, saying that you know, the fact that this book that's almost over a decade uh, old uh, is still being in the spotlight kind of highlights how out of touch this mayor is with current times. Um, yeah. You know, the L- LGBTQ community is here to stay. Um, and I have nothing but love and support for those who continue to struggle with the <laughs> validity and voice to be heard. Uh, yeah, so that's just one of those things of like, so stupid. Yeah, it is. There, it is. There's a lot of people in power who make terrible decisions. And I'm just going to leave that at that. Not to get political. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get political. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, who's in a book this week is uh, Batman versus Raza Ghoul number one, which is another uh, six issue mini series. I'm kind of liking these, you know. Is this from the villain, Year of the Villains? No, this, something completely separate? I mean, it doesn't have that uh, font titling. Okay. This is just a DC Universe. This is almost, like I said, that uh, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy book. Just another, you know, let's tell its story okay. in, in its own kind of setting. Down with that. And 
I was I was a little lost because there was a couple like um, you know when the editors put the little asterisks in there like check out this things. yeah yeah that I wasn't too sure of. Uh, Dead man's in here who as you know he can fucking love that character take over people's bodies and and everything. Yeah. But um, it's a weird tortured character. Ultimately, without giving it away, I was a little lost in where in Batman's timeline this was because of the way, like his suit and the way he was drawn mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that it doesn't need to be set in the nowadays it's its own kind of story this could be a total Elseworlds book uh, by itself uh, but what I loved was when Ra's al Ghul isn't always just like a bag he is kind of like a Lex Luthor in the world of he's rich and people know him not as a bad guy only Batman and other people see through who he is. Only Batman and other people. <laughs> other, say other superheroes, but then villains kind of know who it is. But what I love is uh, he's trying to say that he saved Batman. So when Commissioner Gordon's coming over there, Batman's like, uh, or Ra's al Ghul gets to say what happened first. That's not what happened. No. <laughs> and I just love the, that dynamic. At the end, I was a little confused on what the F happened when this machine blew up. And there now were... there's 20 Robins. <laughs> no, that's what I thought, too. One of the news reporters on the scene of doctor, all this... Doctor, doctor, doctor. This Robin. news reporter was like, uh, look, sir, it's Nightwing and Robin and another Robin. What's going on? <laughs> um... But as they go, they find Batman's cowl, but Batman's not there. And then there's this person that shows up and goes, Oh my God, Batman, is he dead? And it's Bruce Wayne. Now, there's some, like, I don't know if that's supposed to be just fire filaments (laughs) or if that's mystical energy because it looks like it's coming off. um, Coming from a point? From one of the um, Robins. Oh. who doesn't know... One of them's a cardboard cutout. Just like walk over and push him down. Like, it's just cardboard. Like, it seemed like Nightwing knew who Bruce and Batman were, but none of these other people do. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Bruce doesn't know who Batman was, meaning... Uh-oh. And where did he come from? So, there's an interesting mystery here that I'm confused about, and I liked it. But, because we have Ra's al Ghul in this, I figured... Lazarus Pit has to be a drink of choice. Now, I heard both you guys have your own concoctions of it. Yes, mine is delicious sounding. <laughs> Mine's not? Mine's not delicious sounding? We'll let everyone decide that. Uh, so mine is just called Lazarus. And it's vodka, cognac, coffee liqueur, and espresso. And it's brown. Oh. Ew. But, but come on, all yeah, that coffee oh. and espresso just fucking picks you up. And with the alcohol yeah, but, okay, in there, but, opens up the, the bloodstream, gets the caffeine oh, right in your fucking it. system. She had some caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's called the Lazarus Pit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the actual true to form. Mine has Midori, Bacardi, green tea, uh-huh, and emergency. So yeah. basically, you are going to get better from this. Yeah. This, and is, this is a paper. resurrection drink. <laughs> wow, well, okay. All right. <laughs> 
there's a video on YouTube uh, by the Secret of the Booze group who um, just basically do some really, really slow and boring video about how to make it. And they take some paper and they light it on fire and then they put the glass over top of it, which is called smoking glass, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, basically, they're just trying to like capture smoke. So when you pour the drink, go to drink it, it's there's smoke coming out of it. Right. It's not trying to smoke the glass, I don't think. No, no, I but don't think they're trying to add flavor because the flavor of burnt the flavor paper, of burnt paper is, is not terrible. Good, right? <laughs> But my, the video shows this guy is like totally passed out, and the guy puts sticks a funnel in his mouth and pours the cinnamon. Yeah. He gets up and he tears his shirt off and runs away. Yeah, <laughs> Lazarus pit. Yeah. So there you go. And it's green. Hangover and cure, it's green. I guess. And then mine is just delicious. <laughs> I don't know. It's an espresso. I'm not too into that. You're gonna get better from mine, and this is what you need: caffeine. Eh. Oh no, you need caffeine. Eh, caffeine's not good for you. Eh. I mean. Alcohol is not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you put the two two together, two negatives equal a positive. Woo! Yes. Neutral. <laughs> Feeling great. Yeah. All right. Uh, with that. Uh... Words. I don't know. I have to pick Ending words. <laughs> Are you farting right now? Are you just staring? No. You got that funny look on your face. I'm trying to think of what to stay thirsty for. Oh. But not either of those two drinks. <laughs> stay thirsty for something that's not Lazarus Pit. Say for your Steve for the night before you have to have a lot of <laughs> That works. <laughs>